0: This is a Federal News Network podcast. For most of us, the worst thing that can come from a power outage is a bit of inconvenience. For people who depend on medical devices like ventilators, the consequences can be life or death. The Health and Human Services Department has spent the last several years building a database of those people so that first responders can find and help them quickly in the event of an outage. Kristen Finney is the manager of the program called Empower. She's also a finalist in this year's Service to America medals program. She talked about her work, including how it's helping people impacted by this week's major outages in Northern California, with Federal News Network's Jared Serbu.
1: What happened is we basically saw this rapidly growing population be confronted with a number of different challenges during Hurricane Sandy. Um, many individuals were trapped in high-rises and such, and without prolonged access to power, many of them were thrust into life-threatening situations. And one of the challenges is that many of them will call 911, they will try and seek assistance in the hospital, and many of times they just need access to secure power. So as a consequence of that, it really creates um, additional surge, what we call surge, and it overwhelms hospitals, EMS, emergency management systems and such. They really didn't have any understanding that these individuals lived in their community and there's so many of them. And really they found out about them in the thrust of a disaster. So one of the requests, they came to HHS and said, "You know, is there a way that you can help us? We don't have any data or information on this population. We don't really know how to anticipate for them and plan for them and their um, specific needs. So we looked to our partner and sister agency, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, and they actually have, um, in real time, Medicare federal health data. So we said, let's see if we can actually look and use this data to develop possibly data sets or tools that could help emergency responders, public health officials better anticipate this new population and then better plan for them and also anticipate and address the needs in in the event of an emergency, such as what's going on currently in California.
2: And what specific kinds of data does CMS have that turned out to be useful here? Because it seems to me you want to be able to not just identify Medicare eligible populations but also specifically people who are dependent on on electricity for their medical devices, right?
1: Right, so what we are able to leverage is administrative claims data that we get um, through the Medicare process, so through the natural action of getting healthcare in the, the healthcare system. So that data actually provides us with information as to whether or not they have a recent claim for any of those types of pieces of equipment, um, also services and such. By capturing that information, we're able to use really cutting edge approaches, algorithms, artificial intelligence, and other such ways in which to identify individuals that are at risk, and then what we do is we translate them into three national data and mapping capabilities. So one of them is a public map for electricity dependency because there was no awareness of this challenge in the country. And what it does is it provides like what you saw is um, the number of Medicare beneficiaries at the state, territory, county, zip code level and how many are electricity dependent in that area. Um, We also have also restricted data sets that we provide to public health officials that are de-identified. Therefore, we're always making sure that we're protecting privacy on these types of tools to make sure that everybody's privacy is respected and and, um, cared for and that data that gives them a little bit more granular information um, that can help them better anticipate what are needs like possibly for a shelter? What are the things that they would need? What types of equipment would they need oxygen in that shelter to support and such? And that way they can really kind of anticipate ahead of time before there's a disaster, what the needs are and better put in contracts and approaches in place to be able to address those needs. In the event of a disaster or an imminent disaster, A public health official is able to use the third capability which is only for emergencies and that is that provides individual level information very restricted um, minimal amount but the information that they need in order to potentially conduct life-saving outreach and assistance to those individuals that may be in harm's way.
2: So this is extremely timely because as as you and I were talking a little bit off the air as we're recording this PG&E the the, uh, large electric utility in Northern California is engaging in a bunch of planned power outages to reduce the chance of uh, wildfire in, in, in that area. And that, as I understand it, that's also an extremely rural population for the most part that's being affected by this. So so, so walk me through exactly how Empower is helping in that particular case. And, and, and since they see this coming, they can use that data to do quite a bit of planning, I, I would guess more than you would typically get in a natural disaster.
1: Sure, and, and that's really important. So what they're able to actually do, and one of the things that we do make with our HHS PowerMap, we make the data portable. So for all of those emergency managers across California that may have access to GIS, they can actually consume that public available data into their own system. So there they're able to rapidly be able to see how many electricity dependent at a baseline, a starting level are in that down to the zip code level where their response assets are, where their shelters might be, and be able to better use and make effective decision, data-driven decision-making based on what the needs might be in anticipation, planning for even EMS assets that might have to help, or fire in sheriffs that would have to evacuate potentially individuals. So for example, in this prior year in the Woolsey fires in LA County, The data was being able to use from a de-identified perspective to start to anticipate what those needs were in the area for mass evacuation and quick evacuations. And then working through the public health authorities with their first responders, LA County Public Health was able to actually work with their fire department in LA City and sheriffs and EMS and the Department of Transportation to have accessible transportation, over 100 sheriffs, EMS on standby, ready to go through through an area so that they could rapidly evacuate anybody that might be needing assistance if they have a wheelchair or if they're bed bound and such. Now this is the type of tools and approaches that we've been working on and particularly as we've learned from so many of the wildfires in the past couple of years. And that approach is now actually being looked upon and being shared across each of the counties across the state because really it's impacting the state from north and to the south. And many of them are coming together and they use the map you know, with their collaborations with their older adult and aging networks, their other human service providers, to really get an idea of that electricity dependent and also for communications with their power companies and such locally. And then in addition to that, those emergency planning data sets are also helping them to really look at sheltering needs, evacuation assistance that might have to be put into play, et cetera, so that in the event as they're speaking now, many of those counties have come to us because they are going to undergo power shutoffs and are at the next level where their public officials have asked for individual data so they can actually start to target their approaches for those individuals that may be impacted in, in harm's way from the power outages and be able to actually um, rapidly try and address through sheltering and other types of means in order to address needs for the time being that the power is off.
2: So, so switching gears just a little bit in our last couple of minutes here, I, I, I'm curious, as you were first building the Empower program, w- was there some <laughs> nervousness in the HHS General Counsel's office over, over Privacy Act type things? Because, you know, as obviously virtuous as this program is, the data you're using was not originally collected for this purpose. So did you have to go through some bureaucratic hurdles to actually be able to use it in the way that you're using it?
1: Yes, actually, um, we when we started this, Um, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid service had never actually disclosed data to a public health authority. And we wanted to first understand whether or not we could do it legally. Secondarily, um, if policy had to be changed and it did need to be changed, and more importantly also notify the public that this is a new approach that they were looking to try and save lives of the Medicare beneficiaries and others that could be helped by planning. And um, it was a hurdle. Um, we actually worked with over 27 different types of legal counsel to review this wow. and make sure that we were putting protocols in place. Um, we were um, able to confirm that under HIPAA, um, we are actually able to, in the event of an emergency or disaster, be able to um, disclose this information to a public health official only under a public health authority. But more importantly too, is we really also went to the next step of also being cognizant of how to um, develop de-identified data sets to make sure that we were protecting privacy to the maximum level that we could to ensure that while we were still using this for planning purposes and to anticipate needs, we were also honoring the privacy of those individuals and making sure that we weren't putting any additional information out there that was unnecessary.
2: You've proven out the use case here that you can you can do this with Medicare data. What is it What does it tell you about what else is possible with with other kinds of data that, that HHS and CMS might have about other populations?
1: What it's actually one of those things that we've learned is many of the public health officials and emergency managers came back to us and said, you know, we also want to look at Medicaid populations and children health insurance program um, populations as well. At the federal level, we get that data um, after a significant lag, and as a consequence of that, in order to be able to provide the most timely information, so we're giving the most updated information to, one, be able to have better assurance that the individual may have a need in that area, but also we're also protecting emergency responders by night, sending them them into an area that they, that person might not be in anymore. And um, what we've actually done is we launched a, um, a volunteer pilot with all the states. Um, they're able to volunteer and participate. And we actually are now training them to develop the exact same analytical framework to do the exact same thing that we're doing in EMPOWER. So at the state level, they're able to identify their at-risk children um, that are EMPOWER compatible and also the other adults that we, not, we don't capture in Medicare. And many of them are also now exploring how to do that. In they have sometimes all payers uh, data sets that they have there, and private insurers provide data. So some of them are even now exploring whether or not to apply it to those, so that they can get de-identified, better, you know, even a more complete picture of individuals. And we're also collaborating with our VA partners too to see where we might be able to help um, address the same needs for the veterans population as well. So you know, we where we can't do, we kind teach and leverage this capability um, nationally. So far in the pilots that we've had, we've had over five states that are starting. We have numbers of others that are actually ready to be starting and soon. Um, most recently, Florida is one of them that actually was working very quickly and hard to make sure that they have their data to help them in the event of hurricanes. And for the first time ever, they have that data accessible. So had Dorian hit more areas in Florida, they would have been able to more rapidly conduct outreach through robodial capabilities that they developed to reach those individuals as well. So it's really being adopted by many, and the portability approach that we try and do, we try to meet anybody in our partners, whether they're new to data, that they haven't had an experience, to even the advanced user. So for the person that doesn't really understand GIS, they can use our Empower map to get started to understand. And then as they build their capabilities and understanding and expertise, those that are more advanced will actually start to be able to consume our data readily. So we're just giving it to them, so they can just put it in and have that data there only the de-identify data, but have that data there for them for planning, response, recovery, etc. cetera, um, at all times.
0: Kristen Finney is Program Manager of Empower at Health and Human Services and a finalist in this year's Service to America Medals Program, speaking with Federal News Network's Jared Serbu. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash federal drive.
1: Pop quiz. What can you buy for three ninety nine?